Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny B. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 50,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. Talk about all the things that I've been with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm feeling sick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast, where we bring literary goodness straight to your ears. Today, I welcome a favourite Felice Arena, one of Australia's best loved children's writer. He is the author and creator of many popular and award-winning children's books for all ages, including the acclaimed historical adventures, The Boy and the Spy, Fearless Frederick and A Great Escape. The best-selling Specky McGee books, the cheeky read-aloud picture book, Poo and other words that make me laugh and the popular Andy Royd and Sporty Kids series. And today we're here to talk about a brand new book called Pasta. Welcome, Felice. Thank you, Danny. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm so excited about this one. Well, I'm excited about every every book that says if I wasn't excited, I think I'd have to give it up. I think so. It's time to be an accountant, Felice, if you're not excited. I don't know, but it doesn't get old. I was just saying to someone this, actually saying to the barista at my local cafe, I said, it never gets old when you get the actual product in your hand and last Love that. I got the copy the actual I've got five copies of pasta <laughs> it's mean, magic it's, isn't it and I've got my copy here and it's beautiful there's something really something really uh lovely about seeing something you created like yeah. years ago this was yeah <laughs> I, I wrote this two years ago but wow. so the product yeah. Oh, yes. I remember you talking about that, Fletcher, and saying that you were trying out these words that when you were at schools with kids and they loved it and then you think this might be a good picture book. So that was a long time ago that you started that conversation. That, yeah, yeah. I always use that as a test run sort of thing. Mm. Visits, I would never, that's what keeps me going and has kept me going for so long in this business is is the feedback I get directly from the young readers, from kids, yeah. from teachers and parents. I don't think if I didn't have that, Danny, I don't know if I'd be a kid's author. Seriously, I know there are kid, kid children's authors who don't even deal with kids, you know. <laughs> they just do their stuff and that's it. I don't want to go out there. I don't want to talk. But I think that's a big part to writing children's books. I actually love seeing their smiles and laughing along and getting direct feedback from them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I like to... I, my presentations are sort of almost like performances. So I want to bring my words to life. I want them to fall in love with reading, with 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 words and playing with words, you know, um, and having fun. So a lot of the, the the books, well, my middle grade deal with the older kids, you know, 8 to, nine, eight to 12, but the picture books really um, invite play. And that's mm, they do. That's what my picture books are all about. They're sort of, I call them performance books. They sort of, uh, you know, they beg you to be read aloud and in funny voices or accents and find that rhythm and song in the words. And I think Pasta actually hits that. And during the lockdown, I know I'm going on here. I haven't even have taken a breath. Take a breath, Flint. <laughs> Don't just keep talking. I'll go have a nap. You just yeah, keep talking. And then I'll no. just put it out in the world. It'll be good. 
because uh, I think this is well. This is the first real interview about pasta, and I'm so oh, happy yay. to have you on this. So um, I'm trying to make sense of it because it's always <laughs> been in my head for the last couple of years. But for me, during the lockdown period, and I know you saw this during the lockdown period here in Melbourne, I was writing just poetry and poems and play on words when I grew up. I'm going to show my age here because I'm very, very old. Um, when I grew but up, you I look this. very, very young, Felice. You're, yes, like, yes. you're like Dorian I, Gray. I'd hate oh, to see your yes. portrait in the attic. I'm a tiny, <laughs> tiny lord. I've got the um, I, you know, I loved listening to, uh, there was an entertainer when I was a kid called Pam Ayres who would come on and use words as her entertainment. And then, of course, Shel Silverstein, great children's author who wrote all this wonderful, fabulous poetry and poems and, and made words jump off the page. Mm. Um, through lockdown there, when we had plenty of time to bake bread or whatever, I was <laughs> writing funny, funny words or word plays or poems and poetry and ditties and all, all that sort of stuff and and um, posting them on my Instagram. You can still find them, hashtag Felice Arena, Felice Arena Poems, and you can still find them there. But that's where Pasta was born out of because just playing around with some of the, the sounds and, and the different pastas of, well, Felice growing up mm, with pasta. I love that. I want you to read Italian me. Family. I want you mm. to read me this page in a minute because okay. I just want to hear you reading all these pastas. But as you find the page, you were talking about school visits and, and joy. And I think it's so important as a children's writer to stay connected to kids because sometimes it's a bit boring and serious being an adult and we have to pay bills and worry about interest rates and all those boring yeah. things. Yeah. But whenever you're with kids, they bring you back into their joy and their wonder and their hope. And I think without that connection, I think it'd be very hard to get rid of that adult voice that you need to get rid of when you're writing kids' books, right? You do, and you have to really lean into it. Like you have mm. to have fun and let go of your inhibitions and just have yeah. fun. They will they will go with you. The kids Absolutely. will play with you. If they see that you're playing, you're not taking yourself so seriously, they'll, they'll follow your tone. I often say that to young authors starting out and if they're authors who are just starting out, you set the tone. Mm. You know what I like as well? They set the tone for me. You know, they set the they tone do. for me and they make they me do. feel, oh, yes, life is full of joy. Life is hopeful and silly and full of wonder because sometimes you get stuck in the adult lane. Sometimes you might have an adult who might who might um, stomp on that tone, though. I have been at some schools who teachers who have been so sort of overprotective. I said, right, I want you on your best behaviour. And they said, <laughs> you think, how am I going to follow this guy? He's just... <laughs> The kids are just terrified now. And I have I actually want that. them calling out and participating. Well, exactly. So <laughs> I often I often ask the teachers if they don't mind. I mean, often they, they'd like to introduce me, but I say, could you keep it short if yeah. you don't mind? Because I like to introduce myself to yeah. the kids and, and set that tone. Yeah. And they usually they usually get it. Some teachers just say, just go for it, Bleach. Go right ahead and do it. Yeah, that's good. I, that page now. Now my Italian family and Italian and my real Italian cousins in Italy will laugh because they always say I have a slight accent growing up in Italian. <laughs> I was born here as first generation Italian. So, um, but all those eeny words and onies and etties and, uh, you know, I wanted to play on Italian words. Yeah. They all sound like an opera anyway. I don't, like I just want to hear you say them. That's why I, I've chosen oh, okay. a page with lots of different pastas, some I've never even heard of. You might need to explain them to me. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. So spaghettini, fagottini, ditalini, mogratini, manicotti, agnolotti, that's a lottie, vermicelli, <gasps> cavatelli, passatelli, sagnarelli, casoncelli, feed my belly. Okay, I'm going to stop right That's there. exactly what I wanted. I love it. 
laughed but, so much. It all started actually. The, for me, it was when I had cousin Shelley, which is like a large, large ravioli, so filled in with beef and pork, and it okay. comes from the north of Italy in Lombardy, in the region. And I was there back in 2019 with my uh, cousins from Tuscany, and they took me to see their best friends in Brescia, which is a northern city in Lombardy, in the north central part of Italy, not too far from the border of France, and. Uh, she served, um, her, their friends um, um, uh, served, um, uh, Mariucci is her name, Mariucci served Casoncelli, and I hadn't had Casoncelli. I thought I'd had every pasta, you know, in my life. But, you know, my parents are from the south, and every region have their, are known for their own type of different oh, I love this. And they all, you know, profess to be, it's, it's the best, it's the best, you know, from my region. But Casoncelli, I took a bite out of this somewhere. Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> I think in this, I think Cousin Shelley was the start of it all because I think I might have been in the shower. Your ideas come in the shower when you draw or you're on the bus or whatever, but I might have been singing in the shower and I said, mm, I feel like some Cousin Shelley, feed my belly. <laughs> that's all it was. It was Cousin Shelley, feed my belly. And then I went back to, you know, rigatoni, macaroni, oh, cannelloni. Now we're getting somewhere. It wrote itself, Felice. <laughs> A rhyming feast, and that's what I want. I want parents and teachers who are listening to this to to really embrace it and embrace those Italian words. The kids might not understand, even the adults won't understand what the words, all the pastas are. But that opens up conversation. It opens up activities like pasta art. Um, it opens up rhyme and rhythm and how we can play with these words. And could we do these with English words as well? And then, of course, what makes this book? I think. I mean, because you start off as as a solo author, right, with your single idea, your seed of an idea. But we know, you know, we all know that you, it's, to, to create a book takes an entire team of talented people. So the designer of this book, Sasha, uh, Sasha designer at Firm Press, but the illustrator, Beatrice Cherokee, Beatrice in English, but Beatrice, which rhymes with Felice in Italian. So <laughs> I love that. Felice and Beatrice, that's the best oh, way to remember it. It's meant to it. be. It's Beatrice and Felice, she is a superstar from it's Rome. Gorgeous. From the illustrations and are beautiful. Just alone, it's one of those design books where I think even if you didn't have kids, you could have it for yourself if you're a foodie on the coffee table. It's I those... love picture books. And even before, you know, I started writing with them, I love them. I've always seen them as sort of works of art. And so I've always had picture books before I had kids, before I was an author, because I just think they're beautiful. Yeah, and I think a firm press do a really wonderful job of this and the design. But Beatrice or Beatrice has it's just it's just amazing. And I and I follow her. If you don't if you don't know her, look her up on Instagram. Be, Beatrice Chiroki, C C E R O C H I. They pronounce the C H in Italy as a cut sound, so Chiroki. Beatrice Chiroki. Look her up on Instagram. Um, she won like illustrator of the of the year at Bologna Book Fair a few uh-huh, years ago. Gorgeous designs for Italian Vogue, but I just, I just They're beautiful. Brought, and if you look through, rhyme to life. Yes, this is the kind of stuff that should be on your walls in the kitchen, right? It's well, awesome. isn't it funny you said that? I, I was going through and I said, which one would I'm going to ask yeah, if I I've chosen. Buy. I want this one. It's got a little cat in it and um, the people cooking. And so this is my little favorite page. That cat, by the way, in the edit. Was in one or two pages, but then uh, a firm. I went back to the publishers and and we talked about it and said that cat is adorable. Can we have that cat? It's almost like where's Waldo? Can yes. we have that 
well, can we have that cat throughout oh. every page? Oh, and so gorgeous. the kids can try to find the cat. And actually, I have a school visit next week with 150 grade ones, and I'm going to take them through a drawing workshop of that cat, which I've affectionately nicknamed Alfredo. Oh, I like that. It's a good cat name. Yeah, Alfredo. So I can hope I can do Beatrice's uh, illustrations some justice. <laughs> I do love the as you know. So I'll, I'll try to do the cat at least for the workshop. But we've got a pasta dance involved, a pasta and Tarantella. I've been practicing a pasta tarantella. Um, I made it up, of course. But I'm, I'm so I'm so I'm sad sorry. that this is a podcast and I can't ask you to dance. I know. I should show you what the silly pavilion <laughs> looks like. Or the polpette. The polpette is, means meatballs in Italian. Oh. And so making your meatballs, that's like almost like a clapping movement. Yeah, doing yeah. That right now for the ones you who are, are listening. And if that goes with a tarantella beat, you're there. You're halfway. Wow. It's like you could beatbox this book. I'm going to beatbox it, sing it, whatever. Oh, my God, I can't wait. I want to come. How do I come? <laughs> well, it's in Melbourne. If you're listening to this, I'm not sure when this is out, when we're recording this, but uh, if it's already out and you've missed it, bad luck. But if you're there, it happened to be in Melbourne, April 1st, I know, April Fool's Day, it'll, you'll be a fool. Hard to forget. So this will be this episode will be out before then, Fleetgies. Okay, so. so Saturday the first, April Fool's Day, read, kids readings in Colton and Ligon Street at two p.m. Um, you can follow me on social media to find out exactly again. But it, it is actually, looks amazing, amazing. amazing. Yeah, so I'll try to I'll try the dance at the launch. Oh, it's gonna Jenny, be wonderful. if you come along, I'd love for you to come along. Oh, I'll be in Somerset. Oh, I know. I'm so I'm sorry, failing. I'd be in Somerset. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually very sad because I'm in Melbourne, you know, at least once a month and I was excited and I saw the date and I went, oh, oh, oh. Let's have our own private celebration. Oh, my God, yes. For your new book as well. Don't it's even joke awesome. about that, Fletcher, because yeah. it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about that. I know readings have done also, if you pop into readings between now and the next month, <gasps> they have... Pick up, please pick up a book of pasta. You'll love it. <laughs> but the postcard, they have a little postcard. Oh, that's cool. And on the back of the postcards, they have my favourite <gasps> dish. Oh, that was a question I had for you, Felicia, your favourite dish. So turn around, let me read it. What does it say? Okay. So oh, you, you can, can read, read it. it. Yeah, it says Felice Arenas. Oh, why did I say I can read it? Because I can't pronounce that. Orichietti I... means Orichietti. So you find the pasta, they look like miniature ears, Ooh. little ears. So with peas and pancetta. Now, oh if, you don't, have, if you don't have pancetta, you can use bacon, right? So peas oh, and yeah. bacon. Um, and if Who doesn't like peas and bacon? Well, if you're vegetarian, you don't. Oh, have okay. You can uh, do peas and some other vegetable. You could. You could with that. And you add a lot of mint and mint leaves or mint Ooh. peas as well. Oh, because mint and peas go really well together, right? They do. They do. Mm. The chili, chili flakes, if you like it a little Ooh. spicy. I wanted to ask you, Felici, what kind of cheese do you use being, you know, a pasta oh, well, parmesan, Yeah, parmigiano, parmigiano team. But, but you know, with a, yeah, parmigiano, a, 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 you know, a parmesan cheese. Yeah, yeah. and you grate it yourself? I do grate it myself. I know you, they sell the ones in packets, but they're not quite the same. Get the yeah, one. Yeah, I agree. Grate mm. it yourself. I know with a good carbonara. Um, which is a Roman pasta, which is the Romans are famous for their carbonara um, with their cheese. The cheese they use there is a pecorino, a sheep, like mm. sheep in that um, to get that spicy, cheesy, hard cheese taste in carbonara. If you're ever in Rome, anyone, um, there was this trattoria, this small restaurant, trattoria called uh, Trattoria Vecchia. 
Vecchia meaning old, they have the best carbonara in the world. I went there once for lunch and then I was said, I, I'm just going to eat here in Rome. <laughs> I love that. I just kept coming back, going back for the carbonara. But um, I'm sure Beatrice, who actually lives in Rome, would have other restaurants she could Beatrice, see. we're coming for you. We're yes. coming to dinner. <laughs> Hope you don't mind. I'll bring the yeah. parmesan cheese and my own grater. Yeah. What's your favourite pasta, by the way? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan. Like, I love pasta, all pasta, but I'm a big fan of the real cheesy, boschiola kind of pasta. And my mm. daughter, she, I will say to my kids, all right, choose dinner, guaranteed every single time she will want uh, boschiola. So that's got your bacon in oh, it, cheese, yes. garlic, um, mm. sometimes chicken, sometimes not. Uh, it's pretty easy to make, but it's delicious. Yes. Where do you stand on anchovies? Because I love anchovies. Yeah, I'm all for anything. The really. bacon of the sea. It's delicious. Give it to people me. Say, people say, oh, no, it's too fishy. I don't like it. But you know what? I've served it to people. And, and they, they haven't have known. No, you know, because it sort of melts away. Yeah, you yeah. I make this great Caesar salad dressing, right? It's a Jamie Oliver recipe. And it has, you know, you get your mesalant. What is it? <laughs> I've forgotten how to say it. Pestle, pestle and mortar? Pestle and mortar? mortar, mortar I yeah. said mestle and porter. Anyway. Oh, it's a bit of a mess. <laughs> and so you stick your anchovies in there with a whole bunch of oil and, you know, creme fraiche and garlic and all that, and it is, honestly, it's the best um, Caesar dressing I've ever had. Yeah, yeah. And and up anchovies. What kid doesn't love pasta, you know? Yeah. What adult doesn't love pasta? Adult, really? I know. Right, go to that. So. What is it about pasta, though? Like, it's such a comfort food, you know? Like, I know when I make it for my kids, we had spaghetti last night. And it's just this, you just need to sit together. It's this thing, right? You sit at the table together and you just enjoy. Like, there's something I about think, pasta that's yeah, different than you're I eating chips or something. Many, I think it's a hu human nature for food to evoke emotion and memory yeah. all of us how many times have you caught yourself crying over eating it's it may not be when you see someone but it might be when you're telling something emotional yeah. to someone else you love oh, and you find yourself in tears over the food or it's it's, it's true Felicia because you also attach them to people like I remember my Oma who's my grandmother who's yes, passed yes. now and she used to make these amazing you know those pork buns you get from yum cha Mm. And she honestly made the best pork buns I've ever tasted and still have tasted in my life. And so whenever I feel like, you know, thinking of a pork bun, you do get a bit emotional because, you, do, you know. Because it takes yeah. you right there. You see them. They made they, food is made with love, especially from your grandmother. It's yeah. like the Ratatouille, you know, the critique in Ratatouille, the film, yeah. right at the end. That flashback all the way back to when he had that first ratatouille. For me, for my nonna Nina, growing up in an Italian-Australian family, Italian family, um, um, being at my grandmother and just seeing her, you know, just to have the simmer, the pot full of homemade tomato sauce, mm. sauce think looking for alla brandy. That was our family, right? Yeah. Made our own ho homemade sauce, homemade salami, homemade pasta. She would eat. I still tomato. see you doing those things on socials. The I tomatoes? do. Yeah, my father is there. I post it all the time, and I know talking about getting emotional. You know, they're a lot older now, and you go. God, if I, how am I going to keep up this tradition? Mm. Thankfully, my brother has for some of it, but one or two things I've 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 learned from mum and dad. But you know, they're the last of that generation who came to Australia from the fifties and sixties mm. and gave us gave us coffee and espresso coffee and pasta and and you know changed the the landscape of cuisine in Australia. Right, the Greeks, Italians yeah. in the fifties and sixties. So for me, um, you know, having the best of both worlds at school, going to school with focaccia or having my friends over for homemade Sicilian 
pizza or cannelloni or, or a, a, you know, just ricotta. They didn't even want to show, show what was ricotta. I was embarrassed as a kid. That was the last thing I wanted to do. I didn't <laughs> want to be called Felice eating cannelloni. God, give me um, three chops and two veggies. You know? <laughs> a Vegemite sandwich. <laughs> and call me Craig. I don't know, you know. I just. But it was just... a different time back then, you know. Well, I, I sort of experienced a bit of that as well. You know, my dad's Dutch Indonesian. I experienced a bit of that as well. You just wanted to be like all the other children who you didn't look like, right? But I think I'm so happy now that there is such a pride in who we are and, you know, our family backgrounds and all of that stuff. So I'm so glad that in in quite a short period. Yeah, it's yeah, changed. It makes Australia multicultural now. That's what makes it so great. Yeah. Um, and so this book is really an ode, not just to the food we love to eat, but to my family. It I really love is. that. Like a love letter to my family. And here it is. And look, I have other foods and other poems ready to go in the wings. <laughs> oh. Probably guess what might follow after this, but I won't say it now. I don't want to jinx it. But no. I, I just want I just want people to really have fun with this mm. with this picture book and 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 enjoy. Enjoy just going through the illustrations alone, even if you didn't say the, the, the rhyme in the middle of it. You can put the you could go to the, if you're on your own, just, it's just lovely. I was just flicking through the pages before we uh, logged on here. And again, there's all these details you keep finding from Beatrice's illustrations. This, they're so graphic. Like, I think one of my favourite ones is, if I describe it for those who are listening, um, there's this, oh, I, yeah, there's this, uh, um yeah there's this there's one i think you said you'd have it as a painting right that was there there's one for nonna and her her kitchen mitts and, yeah yeah i love that and one her, her granddaughter stirring this huge huge pot and you've got the a little cat which i said i call alfredo looking over but just the details of of the mixture of the cheese of the salt and pepper shakers the broken eggshells and then the colander as well she, i just it's I, I, I sent her a message, you know, and testing out my poor Italian because she d- doesn't speak uh, English. Um, my Italian's okay, but I call it like kitchen Italian <laughs> growing up in Australia because my parents spoke Italian and so did my grandparents. And my Italian only really came on when I was an adult, a young adult, and I went over to Italy to meet my cousin. Oh. And then I was finally forced to learn it properly. Do they speak English or not? No. No. Okay, because in no. Holland, I've got relatives in Holland, and I was so prepared. We were staying there for two months, and I was so prepared to learn Dutch. And then I go over there, and they all spoke English. So I was so lazy that I was like, cool, you all speak English. Yeah, well, that was it. Yeah, but if you're forced <laughs> and they don't, you need to Yeah, yeah, which I'm so, disappointed in myself, really. <laughs> usually, it usually takes me a couple of weeks just to get back in the rhythm of it. So the first mm-hmm. few days, waiters and people can tell, oh, he's got a bit of an accent there. He's not, <laughs> he's not really Italian. But by the end of the second week or third week I've really sort of you know really lent into it then you come home to Australia you're like I don't know what I'm I know (laughs) and it's always frustrating because I keep thinking oh all I need is another month maybe a year (laughs) I keep saying that I keep saying maybe perhaps I'll go for a year and and park myself there I have on my bucket list these dreams where I live in this beautiful cobblestone street and i live like a local and i go shopping at the market this is my bucket list to live in you know somewhere like that in italy and just have this beautiful authentic experience and just stay there for months it's on my bucket list i I legally can i'm an italian citizen when my dad was uh emigrated to australia and i was born here in country victoria um uh, he was still an Italian citizen when I was born, so legally mm-hmm. I was allowed to have two passports. Dual so I'm citizenship. Only one in, dual citizenship. I'm the only one in the family who has 
and I had two passports. And I tell you, so I always feel a stronger connection, I think, now that I do have that. But, well, I'll move a couple of doors down, um, have my authentic experience as well. We'll go pasta shopping. Let's do that. Let's do that. And authors who are listening, so and authors in. and writers among you, children's authors, hey, maybe we should all just take a tour around Bologna. That sounds Bologna. amazing. We can all go there together. We can all cook each other pasta because I'm looking at one of these pages too in this book where he's saying ciao, but he's got all these people around him. And I love that because that's what food is about, right? It's about family and friends and strengthening bonds. You know, even now, you know, we say let's meet for coffee. Let's go have brunch. Let's go have dinner because we center our social activities and our love and our family and our friends around food. And that process of letting Beatrice, we didn't send her notes to say this is what we wanted. We wanted to see what she envisioned when she read this rhyme. Yeah. What did she see from it from her Italian perspective as well, yeah. which was kind of universal. It didn't just have to be Italian. It was a universal factor that mm. she wanted to gather these. In, if you go through the stories, the pictures or the illustrations show their own story. They go with the rhyme, of course, but they show a, a it's almost like a short story, right? A mm. short film. You can see the kids gathering together, the one child with his mum and then his grandmother, and then the kids all come together for this huge feast at the yeah, end. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I love it. And that's at what I end- love about picture books. They can be read just as pictures, just as words, or combined together, and you get the double layer of the story. And then the end pages are oh, yeah. my favourite because in the end pages, for the ones who are listening, the end pages are they're the shapes of all the different pastas. That's pretty cool. Mentioned in the book and their names. So you can, even if you don't, you may want to explore and say, you know what, I haven't had pastatelli before. And so I'm, there's got to be subtle differences, right, because I'm looking at a few here that look like macaroni, so I'm going to say them completely wrong. But mostacchioli, 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 and manicotti. They look very macaroni. They do, but they're a little larger. So you've got okay. the, you've got the. Oh yeah, it looks like almost like fang teeth or like a big penne. Yeah, and then yeah. you know you have zitti. Zitti is a very American Italian dish, but zitti also came from, and you know I love my history. Zitti comes from the the terms uh, zitta, meaning bride. Oh. In, Southern Italy in Naples, around Naples, they would eat zitti at weddings. So they oh, would I call, love it, that. call it the bride's wedding. Oh, so if you heard zitti, zitti pasta, they would serve zitti type pasta at the weddings in in Naples. And so um, zitti, and then you've got zitti looks like a kind of a similar thing to ditalini and bucatini, but just different sizes. Different sizes, that's right. Uh-huh. That's just different sizes. Um, you know very what? interesting. I, you was need one... to Google these if you haven't. You do, you really do. You. And you know what? There was one pasta I didn't put in, but I really wish I did, but I'll just present it at the launch. Uh, <laughs> it's fafalla. 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 Is, you know, it looks like a bow tie, but they're really. Oh, I love bow tie spaghetti. <laughs> well, they're called fafalla because fafalla means butterfly. Oh, so that's it looks so like cute. Little butterflies, little butterflies. Fafalla. I love that. I don't think I've had a few of these. Like the cavatelli, they look like little peanuts. They do. They yeah, the cavatelli. You oh, the cavatelli look like little yeah. They do like like bean sort of things. Yeah. Twisted, twisted, as oh, well. Oh, I love pasta, and I feel so uneducated, Felice. <laughs> I, I you know, but as if, you know, I hopefully this will inspire others to try more than just spaghetti bolognese. Although we have a good spag bog. Um, yeah, who doesn't? Yeah, who doesn't? It's it's just you know, it's a classic in the house. 
It is. Yeah. Did I say spag bog? I should say spag bog. <laughs> I, just said, spag I don't think you don't want to spag bog. I just heard myself. I don't want no, to. I think that's a, that's a thing. I've spag said, bog, people. I've said spag bog as well. I think it's a thing, Fleach, eh? You know what? Because you don't pronounce the G in Bologna or Bologna or Bolognese. Bolognese. Oh, it's just been a magical conversation. I'm really hungry and I have leftover spaghetti bolognese in the fridge, so that's what I'll be having for lunch. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but well, it's not fancy. It's just plain old spaghetti. I'll try and maybe get fine. inspired you know, by like this book. The, I really like the simple pastas. I know a lot of people love creamy, saucy pastas. My preference is to have just a lot of olive oil and, mm. oh, my father makes what uh, it's like an old – it's like – it's like you fried breadcrumbs. It's like a peasant. It started off as peasant food when they didn't have enough for cheese in southern Italy when it was really poor post-war time. Okay. Um, or just during the war, they would use bread breadcrumbs as a substitute to cheese. Mm. Cheese mm. was expensive. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The rations. So they would fry the fried breadcrumbs, olive oil, pepper, and chili flakes. And Sounds delicious. Some, and some anchovies, and that was it. Yeah, and it was good. delicious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you just got me thinking about it. It's a really simple pasta dish that I love, and it's just you, whatever pasta you want, and it's just lemon, garlic, parmesan cheese, and olive oil, and it's delicious. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Like cacio a pepper as well. Cacio is a sort of a, a dialect term for cheese, just cheese and cheese and pepper mixed mm. in together with the pasta water and you just keep stirring it and stirring it, making it really thick with yeah. al dente pasta and mm. it is delicious. Simple but delicious. So you how much cheese do you put on your pasta? Oh, I, I, I rather, get a lot I think of, it's pasta with my cheese. Okay, oh, good. Yeah. And a good. lot of criticism. It depends on a lot of people say you don't have it with your spaghetti marinara as well or you don't have it with your Marinara, my everything. Cousins, my cousins went nuts when I tried to put pasta with uh, my cheese with my uh, marinara <laughs> pasta. They no, said, yeah, I need it with everything. And I'm the I'll worst do. when I go to a restaurant. And you know when they grade it for you and they say, "Say when?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm not going to say when very fast." <laughs> I think I'm, the, I'm the worst in my family. I often say, "I'll have some um, pasta with my cheese." <laughs> I, I feel really bad because I say when I'm like, I don't want to say when yet. I, I want a I pile of cheese in front of me first. <laughs> Love it. Oh, God. Don't get me. Oh, God. Cheese and dessert and pasta. I mean, what, what more could you want, really? I know. Life is good if you just, it's the simple things, right? <laughs> Little things. I don't know if it's good for your cholesterol, but cheese no. is good for comfort and taste buds. Here's the thing. Italians, my cousins don't eat pasta as a main course, a main uh -huh. meal. They use it as a as a starter, and I think a lot of people were like in America or Canada or Australia mm. adopted it as this huge main meal, especially yeah, America, true. where they just plonk on so much pasta. My Italian cousins laugh at that and think that is sort of obscene a little. You start off with a nice little starter plate of pasta, and it's delicious, but then you move on to other things like oh, your meal and clever. And and I don't know marinated peppers or whatever it is, mm -hmm. have another meal with it. It's almost used as a as a starter thing. Okay, uh, interesting. Dish, I yeah. like that. Hmm, I like that a lot. Well, yeah. this conversation has been delicious and interesting, <laughs> and um, I think everyone who's going to listen to this is going to be a little bit hungry. Yeah, look at look at. Please come to my Instagram over the next couple of weeks because I filmed a lot. I was in Italy and I filmed a lot of pasta oh, dishes. Awesome. Um, move move over, Stanley Tucci. It's Felice. Oh, Felice the chefy. I can't wait. Oh, I don't know about that. That's pushing it a little bit, but I'll eat it. Felice's Felice's eating tour. I'm in. Yes, I'll watch you eat. Tour. Yeah, why yeah. not? <laughs> now I've asked you this before, and I know that you love writing because you know it's so full of joy, and you love connecting mm -hmm. with kids. Um, but why do you still write? Uh, it keeps me grounded. 
when I'm feeling uh, sort of when I have so many tabs open or a little fragmented or when life gets a little like I'm not sure where I am, which uh, last couple of years has been kind of wobbly. It's still wobbly for many yeah. of us. Yeah, I, I, I use that word because we're all still trying to get into rhythm mm. things and I think we want to come out of it saying, you know, out of that whole lockdown two years, especially uh, for those of us who were in Melbourne, we're just thinking, yeah, what do we what, what do we want for the next five, ten years? Yeah. Want to I go? think you're right, Fleece. And I think I know you had it really bad in Victoria, but I think for me, I mean, I'm already an anxious person, but I think for me it was like, oh, wow, things can just happen really suddenly and out of your control like that. You know, we had no control over the lockdowns or COVID we had were kind of surprised by it and you you know i guess that was sort of anxiety creating for me because like wow no matter how much control you have over your life or what you put in place to try and make sure your life is you know as good as you can make it with the resources you've got there are still things that these curveballs that can be thrown at you that you have to deal with and i think that you know that that's really still stuck in my head and i like the word wobbly that we're still wobbly because i still I, feel I, that sometimes and what writing also does or any sort of creative pursuit is that it puts you in a flow that we often don't often get these days yeah. because uh, we're, we're always distracted by yeah. our phones or social media or whatever it is. And I'm, uh, I'm hugely uh, guilty of this. I, I'm finding now that I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more anxiety by just looking at my phone most of the day when I know that is stealing my focus, stealing mm -hmm. my, my flow, you know? So mm -hmm. uh, my books in my early, early in my career, before smartphones, that's before 2007. That's only they've only been around since 2007. The iPhone, but before 2007, when I was writing and wasn't distracted, the phone was just to make calls, not to yeah. look. You know, mm. um, the and mini computer. Now it's funny though, Felicia. I hear so many people say that their smartphones are anxiety inducing, whereas I think I may be the only person in the world that it reduces my anxiety. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. That's as long as I put a cap on it, but sometimes oh, I have oh, this horrible yes, yes, habit of yes. waking up kind of a little bit anxious. I don't know why, just as my brain and I'll do a meditation and then I'll reach for my phone and just look at, you know, happy things of my friends posting things and I, I feel better so i might be the only person in the world that happens to. i think you might be, if you discipline yourself <laughs> on what you you have on your news oh i do absolutely i think that helps absolutely. and I think, I think more and more of us are just saying right i have to curate this and be a little yeah, bit more disciplined totally. about what i want to see yep. across my feed throughout the day yeah i rely on my friends to tell me news stories because news always gives me anxiety because it's just so yeah. it's always so bad right yeah, when news yeah. coming in, it's always like, oh, the yeah. world's terrible. So I do rely, like if there's a, some sort of, you know, natural disaster coming my way, I will rely on you to tell me, okay, because I won't be watching the news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? Yeah, I've limited my news intake yeah. as well. I really yeah. have. And just, I just can't. Again, it's part of just trying to find that creative flow and yeah. be be present, you know, yeah. be a little bit more yeah. present with yeah. our, what's happening in our own exactly. backyard and stuff. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think presence, that, that for me has been the kryptonite to anxiety, being present. And right. so you do that in your writing. Um, you do that when you're at school visits. I do that when, when I'm with my kids. They give you no choice. You must be present with them. <laughs> so yeah. I think, yeah. you know, but it does intentional presence yeah really it balances it all to find that creative flow you feel like you've you're worthwhile you're worthy of you've mm. done something worthy throughout the day it might be you might be listening now and you're an artist or, or or a chef or someone who just creates you it's it's harder to find that flow but once you're in it and yeah. people know when i say what what yeah. i mean by absolutely. Flow. absolutely you come out of it going oh my god i've just spent two hours 
trying to put a poem together, but you know what? I feel good mm. about this, playing with words. Okay, great. I feel like I've <laughs> achieved yeah. something for the day. You do. It has a calming yeah. effect too on your brain, yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, this conversation has gone everywhere, so I love that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's gone from food to books to pasta to anxiety to the world to presence. So I think it's been just a lovely chat. I love chatting. I mean, we <laughs> with you, Danny. It's been it's you know I'm just so grateful. You know, right from when you started a few years ago to to doing this, it's just you gave me a chance right at the very beginning with. I think it was one of my historical novels, right? And we had a good chat and and hit it off and and knew from very beginning that this was this is fun what you've done for the i've said this to you before what you've done for the, for the children's uh literature landscape in australia has been it's it's been amazing well thank you i really appreciate that it nourishes me though too it makes me present makes me you know become part of a really good community so it's a two-way thing but yeah thank you thank you so much we will catch up next time i head to melbourne town and, and we've got to have, have some, some pasta. Have some pasta. <laughs> yes, go and bake yourself some cousin chelly. Find out what cousin chelly means. <laughs> well, I'm, I will definitely do that. But thank you so much, Fletcher. It's always, always a yeah, pleasure to chat. You so thank you.